Hello and welcome to the Desi Sports the podcast. <laughs> Hope you're all doing well, uh, safe and enjoying this Sunday morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world. But it's really good to have you with us. Uh, Nevin and I have got another big show with a lot of topics around the football world. So let's get on with it and welcome my partner and co-host, Nevin. Hello, Nevin. Hi, good morning or good afternoon. Good, uh, yeah. How are you? A uh, pretty hectic day, actually, with a lot of sports activities. Uh, the Premier League, Premier League is back. The IPL is back. So finally, we've got uh, our hands full as a sports journalist. Yeah, it's been a long time coming, but uh, let's not uh, complain too much. No, absolutely not. But how's your week been? Pretty good. It's also raining a lot here. So the face just being just sitting at home, having a cup of coffee and just watching all the sports. It's been a good week. And in terms of you said the sports, uh, and I know the IPL started yesterday, but that's uh, for another show. But in terms of football, I just uh, wanted to start with uh, something that's, I don't know, might be unusual. I wanted to see what the take was in India about mm -hmm. the um, Black Lives Matter and the symbolism behind it and the Premier League um, being really involved in part of spreading that really important message. Now, here in England, Europe, America, obviously, it's a big, big story, has been an important story. Uh, but I just wanted to see what the uh, feeling was in, in India. Uh, I, I don't know how to, you know, pinpoint this and say, you know, this has been a uh, eye-opening uh, movement of that sort or anything because we've got our fair share of problems within the country. So I don't know, like, you know, obviously celebrities have spoken about it and there's a lot of uh, coverage regarding it, but it's, it's generally the coverage of what's happening in the West than something within India. So. We see a uh, Hamilton wearing uh, a specific T-shirt. Uh, Naomi Osaka wearing the mask. Uh, NBA players coming out strongly. EPL, like I said, so we've all been consuming this. I don't know how moved we are because I think India is battling a lot of other problems right now, uh, and we, in I mean, as a as a complex society ourselves, we've got our own. I won't call it racism, but like our own problems like class, caste and everything else. So I don't know. I mean, this is my personal opinion. I can't obviously say, you know, the B obviously the BLM has had a huge impact in terms of whatever we are consuming uh, as a sports, a sports audience, there is obviously a, a huge impact. And it was obviously very sad and very wrong what is going around. And there seems to be no end, right? Like every day we hear multiple stories of new new problems rising every day but like i don't know beyond that if it's, it's had a huge impact that's my honest take on the issue because i think we like look at the number of covid cases for example look at the number of you know uh you know journalists being arrested for uh, uh, freedom of speech lot of issues within the country we are going through so i don't know how much we say relate to the blm this is my personal take on this no, that's that's a fair, and this is what I wanted as to what the impact was in India, because obviously here it's not just sports; it's in the main political um, arena, 
uh, there are a lot of marches and um, it seems to be a generally uh, one broad front in Europe and America in terms of we've got to fight this racism and I just wanted to know if the impact or the reasons behind it in India were understood and people appreciated uh, what uh, people from ethnic minorities sometimes have to go through and especially the uh, black community and um, mm -hmm. why this campaign has really taken off this year. Yeah, I mean, also, I think it is fair to say a lot of people who came out and spoke about BLM got also, you know, attacked online, trolled online for saying, oh, look at you talking about what is happening in America while remaining silent about what is happening in your country. So right. once the, you know, the initial, uh, you know, discussions were over, I think even celebrities and other people who probably wanted to speak about BLM also shied away because that meant they would be also required to speak about what is happening in the countries. So that way, I think uh, generally they've shied away from speaking about BLM, but I think it's, it's there. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about what is happening in the US and all that, but I can't say something. I mean, the BLM has sparked something within the country. It's, it's very external for us. It's not something we feel okay. This is happening in the USA. This is happening in UK, but I, I don't think we've sort of, you know, incorporated what BLM is and tried to do something similar in the country. In terms of uh, sports, giving out a political message and being united on a topic, do you think India is at that stage where people can take this sort of stance on a different topic that more closer to home? Uh, no, I don't think we are anywhere close to that. Um, I don't know a lot of uh, sports persons who would come out and say, criticize the government if there is a need or uh, talk about, uh, you know, disparities within the society, very few, and they, they get attacked online if they do come out. I mean, I know Darren Caldera who's a footballer who speaks out a lot, and I don't think he has it easy for speaking out so much. And generally, I don't think, I mean, uh, Duty Chand came out last year as a, uh, you know, uh, she said she belongs to the LGBT community and while it was a sort of a landmark movement, she's still probably the only mainstream athlete sports person who's come out and, uh, you know, said these things. So I feel we're very, I mean, we're still 10, 20 years away from, uh, you know, being, you know, producing someone like a LeBron James who's also the top most in the sport and mm -hmm. also very vocal about these things. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that's a shame because the positions uh, our sports men and women have, um, they can have a huge impact with uh, a message. But um, no, that was really interesting as to where India was in terms of. And also, I think uh, if if I may just interrupt, is is that uh, I think in India there is this perception that sports is not related to anything. So it's like, you're a sports person, just talk about sports. Don't talk about politics. No, there is no acceptance of the fact that sports, politics, and everything else is mixed together. And it's one, I mean, we are human beings and we all feel these things. So I think the expectation of a sports person of a, or like a, a celebrity uh, in any domain, like a, a film star is to just talk about that particular domain. And the moment he or she speaks out, then there's a lot of, you know, oh, why are you talking about politics? Oh, 
the opposition party is you know paying you and it just becomes a a big fuss about it yeah that's that's a shame like i said um a lot of sports personalities they take a message and um this current i mean the classic example being uh, marcus rashford in the summer during the covid crisis well we're still in the covid crisis they actually forced the government to change their policy on um supporting the poor children in our society um so i think there is a place for it and it's a little bit sad that um india is not there yet but um hopefully that'll change um but uh, talking something else that very different in india that if we had in the EPL a top top central defender out of contract um that that be covering every single day as to what's happening why isn't he uh, with a club yet what's happening with sandesh well uh, for starters i don't think uh, football is the same in uk and india so we still lot to catch up in terms of football becoming that big so that a, a central defender who's also a star of national team without a contract would actually be everyday news um i mean we've, we've all been just hearing a lot of rumors uh at, at a week back there was a very strong rumor that he's joined atk mohan bagan uh but apparently that sort of fizzled out now i think he's been linked with almost all teams our own favorite odisha and uh, rohan has been clearly yeah. booing him <laughs> publicly but, so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, clearly there's a lot of interest so also uh, yeah, i mean sandesh gives him a lot of option right the moment you can play a solid center back indian that means you can uh, use your foreign player in a more attacking or an advanced position and a lot of teams would love the idea of you know starting a uh, an indian uh, consistently in the center back position so definitely uh, the i mean this i mean this news is going to just get hotter as you know we draw closer closer to the season but that's it i think sandesh would also now want to sign for the team now that they are all heading to goa and you know going to be in the bubble and all that so that he can start preparing with the team quite early and you don't want to leave these decisions towards the end especially when he's a, a free agent and he can pick i mean i can understand if there's a negotiation going on with another team but he can just join whenever wherever he wants so i would expect a decision to come soon so that he'll get at least a good one and a half months to prepare with the team and is well, i know you said that football is not as big as in the uk that's that's a given but uh, still he is the star defender and one of the top players in in the, india um yeah. you you would think there'd be quite a few stories i know the rumors have just started in the past couple of weeks you mentioned atk i've heard the one with the spengal um but um, we don't seem to get any comments anything from its team or um you know yeah they've it's been unusual. very they yeah it's very unusual and they've been very i don't know professional or clever about it because they don't want to you know there is also uh the the fact that he is a a kerala sweetheart he spent a lot of years here and sandesh became sandesh jingan became who he is playing for kerala blasters and so they are also i think very careful as to not you know upset the kerala fans and which is probably like a huge number so they've been very 
you know, playing it really clever. And if you see the narratives, it sort of changed to, oh, because of COVID, Sandesh can't play outside. And that is the only reason why he's coming to India. And it's just unfortunate and all that. But while I think that's not necessarily the entire true story, I also think uh, it had to do with the disparity in terms of wages in what uh, Sandesh wanted and what KBFC were willing to pay during this, these times. So it's not as rosy as, you know, who Sandesh was left so that he can go and pursue a career abroad and then it didn't work out. So he's now looking for a team in India. I think it's way more complex than that, but at least they've handled the narrative quite well so that, you know, the fans are probably not upset. So, um, yeah, we wait and see. It will be fascinating if he goes and joins uh, Bangalore FC, who are like a big rivals for Kerala Blasters. And then uh, it will be nice to see uh, how the fans are going to react. But I mean, I'm just waiting for it. Uh, I mean, sooner the better, simply because we can now move forward and talk about how Sunday Zingan is going to make a difference to that particular team. But I'm sure Goa, Mumbai, all of them are also interested in the player. Um, does he have any links with uh, Kolkata or is it simply because of the fact of both those teams that they're the ones that have come out in public with links? I know our friend Rohan has mentioned in public that he's really would be in, incredibly happy to have him at Orisha, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. No, you, I think uh, it's also because they, these are two clubs who would want to make a statement. At, I mean, in the, in the upcoming, um, you know, uh, Hero ISL, um, ATK Mohan Bagan is obviously a huge team. That also means they can pay the wages that Sandesh Jingen would expect. So the rumor was that uh, ATK Mohan Bagan were willing to match that 1.8 lakhs or crores, yeah, sorry, 1.8 crores that he wanted uh, per month, something like that. I don't know the exact numbers, but ATK Mohan Bagan were willing to match it. And now that he's been called, is almost there and almost confirmed as an next ISL team. They would also want to come out and make a statement and look, here, here is a, a great player available. So that would be like a keen, I mean, a very interesting uh, marquee signing for, uh, not the marquee signing, but like a, a very big signing for East Bengal also to make. And hence, I think the rumors. And obviously, um, a lot of these new uh, Instagram channels and YouTube channels are all very Kolkata football based. So it's also understandable that a lot of these rumors are linking to, you know, teams from Kolkata because there is a lot of football consumption. There's a lot of audience there. So it, I mean, if you are going to create a rumor, that's a good rumor to create because people are going to believe. And talking of rumors, well, it's a bit more than a rumor because they have actually uh, filled in whatever the forms you need to, to uh, put in a bit to join the ISL is East Bengal. Um, yeah. When Mohan Bagan merged with uh, ATK, um, I think this was expected. What are your thoughts on uh, East Bengal? I mean, obviously a huge, huge team from, I mean, if you look at the if you history of Indian football, I think it is, I mean, Mohan Bagan and East Bengal. Those are the two teams that you will obviously talk about first. And I think it's great for Indian football that both of them play in the same league. You don't want the Kolkata Derby to not happen. That's like a huge event. And I think even as sports, you know, consumers, even as neutrals in, in these uh, Kolkata Derbies, it's a match that you want to go. 
I have been in a train in uh, from Kolkata to Siliguri when the Kolkata Derby was happening in at Siliguri, and I remember the whole entire train was just a lot of singing and chanting, and it actually is the closest uh, India has ever been to mimicking what you know the sports culture, fan culture is in Europe or South America or something. It's huge. The entire train was. either mohan bagan colors or east bengal colors and they didn't sleep the entire night they were just singing and uh, dancing uh, it was i mean uh, for me as a by then i had already, already become a football writer but to see it and experience it by chance i wasn't planning to go for the match i was going to siliguri for something else but it just happened to be in the same train it was a massive uh, experience so to have east bengal is huge I hope they are also past their problems because the last few seasons have been like horrible. You know, you saw Quest investing, then that didn't work. You know, didn't work out. I also think, and I might be getting into like tricky waters here, but I think the management now needs to adapt. There is a new league. Uh, I, I think a lot of people don't want football to be Kolkata centric anymore, and uh, it's not like they can just dictate ways in Indian football. Like they used to say twenty, thirty years back. So they need to adapt. Nobody is saying that they shouldn't play a top division, or nobody is saying that they are in great clubs. But there is a lot of adaptations from their management also. So let's hope. Uh, let's hope this is, uh, you know, this is great for entire Indian football fraternity, not just Kolkata football or West Bengal football. The entire Indian football can really use with top teams with a lot of fans. Playing in their top division, and it'll be a huge boost to the image of the ISL, um, having these two big Kolkata clubs in the Absolutely. top division. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. I mean, ISL couldn't have wished for anything better. I know they put in a potential bid for two clubs. Have you heard any rumours of anybody else wanting to join? Sorry, I didn't. I didn't hear your last question. I think there was potential for two. Clubs to uh, join the ISL. I don't know if you've had. But nobody else has made the bid. Is what uh, uh, this renowned journalist Marcus is uh, suggesting. So the the UK-based firm who also picked up the documents did not actually place a bid. So it's it's just East Bengal that is going to come into the ISL. And do you think an eleven-team division would work? I mean. That is up to, and the more the merrier is all that I care about. So, if you can make it a league with twenty teams, seventeen teams, I don't care if it's an odd number, even number. We've had I leagues with I league season with eleven teams and all that. So, since it's a league, I don't think it should matter. But uh, on the long run, I think it will also start. You know, so this year is fine because we are all the matches are happening in Goa, so there's not a lot of travel and everything. But I think in the long run, once the season becomes bigger, we'll also have to manage the travel better, or, or you know, do something like the NBA franchise and uh, uh, like conference system or something like that. Because India is huge, so if you're going to you know travel so much in a tightly packed season, players are going to get exhausted. And imagine traveling from Kochi to Northeast and then going from there to say Punjab if they get a team in ID uh, in ISL. So. A lot of travel involved, so hopefully, I I can see that happening. I can see that in the next you know five six years we might shift to a conference setup or like 
we will have like a series of away matches for a few teams and then they go back to home something like that so yeah and um, talking of uh, the future and enlarging the uh, I League, some clubs um, that might eventually end up in the uh, ISL um, are going to be playing in the, uh, well, they're going to finish up the qualifying for the second division of the I League, and that starts in, in a couple of weeks. Um, yeah. And you covered one that in a brilliant documentary for me, especially being a Gujarati. Um, is it our club or a they, they that. Tell us a little bit about the, the club and the documentary you made. Well, it was, uh, I mean, it, was, it wasn't my intention to make the documentary. It's almost sort of happened that I was in Gujarat to cover something. So I met these people and the original documentary idea is a part in football one, which came, uh, you know, last year. Uh, about uh, this particular uh, small village where girls football is, you know, being promoted and they're making a huge impact in India. So I wanted to get to their story. So I interviewed a lot of other people and then stumbled upon a very interesting story there. So I always had it in the back of my mind. It was always there in the heart. I knew I wanted like some two, three weeks to sit down and see because I knew there was another documentary hidden there. I was focused on getting the first thing out. And then once I got a time during uh, the lockdown, I sort of sat down and edited it. and. Uh, AR is a very interesting club simply because I think uh, Gujarat is money. There's a lot of uh, people willing to invest. There's a good infrastructure there in terms of Transadia. Uh, the owners seem to be, you know, of the opinion that, you know, we will make quality infrastructure. We're not shying away from making any kind of investment. That seems to be their agenda. And that's good because we want clubs like that who are not willing to, you know, sacrifice on the quality of the turf or quality of the jersey, quality of the fitness, anything like that. So, so this is a very uh, goal-oriented football club. Obviously, they see money there. Their academy is already flourishing. A lot of people, you know, enrolling. Uh, so right now, I think it's still early stages because I think a lot of uh, Gujarati parents enroll their kids just to, you know, get them to exercise and not necessarily because they see a future footballer there. But slowly, I think once the kids start enjoying the game and once the kids want to, you know, play tournaments and all that, I'm sure these parents are capable of conducting tournaments and getting the AFF interested. They have power and clout. And so that is also very important for, uh, I think, success. So that way, so Gujarat route is going to be very different from, say, a Kerala or a Manipur route to football. But I think this route is equally valid. And... Uh, you wouldn't be surprised if we see ARA or like any versions of ARA, they probably tie up with some other franchise you're already there in the ISL, uh, playing in the ISL, say, in the next two, three years. Well, that's good to hear from a Gujarati point of view. Uh, but I get the point about the uh, children going in there for physical fitness rather than uh, sport as a potential career, because there's as you know, there's only two options, a doctor or an accountant when you're a Gujarati. And I didn't pass any of those two. Um, but uh, <laughs> looking towards the um, the qualifiers, I mean, you've got ARA, Bhavanipur, Bengaluru, Garwal, and um, a famous name from Kolkata, Mohammed Sporting. Um, how do you think um, that will uh, end up? Oh, I, I think uh, Mohammedan Sporting and uh, Bangalore are obviously the 
big weights there. They've actually managed to convince uh, very interesting uh, players to join their squad, maybe at least on a temporary basis for this uh, qualifiers. So I think these two are the things to watch out. But again, this is knockout and you have uh, somebody like Shankar Lal who's coaching uh, Bhavanipur, you have ARA with all these uh, facilities and all that. So you wouldn't be surprised if these teams also came out on top and it's largely unpredictable, I think. But like, I think there will be a lot of uh, fan uh, backing for Mohammedan Sporting. They are also as huge as uh, Mohan Bagan and East Bengal. They're it, it's the holy trinity of uh, Indian football. So, uh, to have Mohan uh, Mohammedan playing in I League will also be massive. And I'm also very, like, if you look at Bangalore and who's investing in them and their approach to football, I think that's also very interesting. So, you have another professional club coming up from Bangalore. That would also probably, you know, lead to rivalry in the town, say, in the next five years. So, and they've also made like very interesting signings and uh, like uh, Opoku and very like seasoned Indians who can really make a difference at Bangalore. So uh, um, Opoku is not an Indian by the way, but he's played in the I-League before. He was part of the Minerva team that actually won the I-League. So you, you, you see these two teams have really done well in terms of recruiting, but I think it's going to be an open, open playing field once it all starts. And if East Bengal, which seems likely, will join the ISL, do you think they'll diminish the attraction of the I League even for even more? I uh, no, I don't think so because I think the damage has already been done in the last few years with like a lot of. I mean, I'm sorry to say this, but a lot of effort from the man, uh, management side, federation side, everybody said they've been trying to kill I-League forever. And uh, in terms of bad broadcast, telecast is next to nil. You, I mean, they cover football matches with two cameras. It's impossible to watch. Even as a fan, it's like it, it gets tiring to watch. I would, if there is a match happening in, say, Kondutur and Kori Kod, I would rather take the pain to go there, which is like five, six hours from where I live, rather than watch in, in the stream that I was getting, because it's that bad. So, I mean, obviously in terms of uh, people turning up for a football match at the stadium, it's huge to have uh, two Kolkata Giants missing from the league. But, uh, you know, especially this year, since it's anyway going to be played behind closed doors, most likely. so. I think in terms of, uh, uh, you know, consumption online, consumption on TV, it's not going to make a huge difference. Obviously, I think everybody has now accepted that I-League is second division. There is no longer that fight of which is the top division in India. They've all accepted it. And I think it's it opens up space for new teams, right? So now a Gokulam can make a statement. Now a Punjab FC can make a statement because they are no longer in the shadows of these two Kolkata Giants who are like, so you know, supposed to win, supposed to dominate. And hopefully this will open up space for another team from, say, uh, Calcutta or some of these teams from Northeast can then, uh, you know, probably convinced uh, to play with them and not jump to the ISL. So I don't personally find it a, a bad thing for Indian football simply because the audience are now moving to the top division, which is fine. And this probably, you know, Kolkata is a big lobby also, let's be very honest. So, 
without them interfering the whole i league setup i think it will be a fairer league and it'll probably be more interesting yeah i i agree with that i think they'll open up uh, um opportunities for more teams and um for them to develop so yeah we'll look forward to that but um something that's already started is obviously some football in europe and um, this is our second weekend and already there's been a lot of talking points on and off the field. Uh, just talking a lot about of the goals things. Well. Sorry. I mean, a lot of goals as well. Uh, a lot of goals, yes. Uh, I don't know if yeah. that's to do with a very short pre-season or if you can call it a pre-season. But um, yeah, it, 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 even yesterday, uh, you can see the Leeds are going to be one of those goals, uh, teams that if you score five, we'll try and score five, uh, six, um, yeah. like it was in the Kevin Keegan days for Newcastle. Um, but, uh, well, talking about Leeds, I mean, they're a huge team and um, one of the biggest cities in the country and um, missing from the Premier League since 2004, I think. Um, yeah. Do people... Uh, uh, you know, think of Leeds that way as a big, big club in India, or it's because they've not been in the Premier League, that uh, there's no relation to Leeds uh, and the history they have? It really depends on when you started following the league, I suppose, because for, uh, I mean, I've seen Leeds uh, play the Premier League and I've seen a very good Leeds, Leeds team with like, like Valen Smith, Viduka, all of them, Harry Kewell, all of them playing there. But uh, I think people who've followed the sport, uh, especially EPL post, say, 2005, they probably don't know about uh, Premier League. But then you see already fan bases popping up two matches into the season. Everybody's just excited as to, you know, what is this team with a lot of fan support and playing this crazy football. <laughs> Nobody, just attractive football to watch. And they go through a very pretty jersey, to be honest. I've heard a lot of people <laughs> say it's good to see a white jersey back in uh, Premier League football. I think Swansea also used to have a, yeah, uh, a, a white jersey. But Leeds is huge, right? Leeds is a huge brand. So, um, yeah, I think, I mean, obviously it's not the same numbers as you have for other teams who've been doing well. And clearly there's been no coverage, so nobody knows what's happened to Leeds in the last 16 years, or at least last 15 years, because we've at least followed the championship for the last two years. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, if they go this, this uh, take this trajectory, I think they're going to get a lot of fans very soon. It's like yeah. we have a Natalanda football fans group in Kerala, and it's just popped up in the last, yeah. Wow. <laughs> because it's it's attractive football, similar setup, right? Like they're going to their their intention is to score a lot of goals. So, uh, so I'm sure Leeds is going to be way bigger because Premier League is covered. Also, it's like way better than they said. Yeah. Yeah, and those for listening, and I don't want to promote Leeds because obviously my first love is Leicester. I'm trying to build a <laughs> fan base in uh, in India, but there's a really good documentary on uh, Leeds. Uh, I think it's on Amazon actually. Uh, and you get a really good yeah, insight yeah. into the owner and coach Bielsa. In fact, there is another uh, good video in Copa 90 as well, which is also some 20 minutes long. And they talk about their, the, the 16 years, especially outside the Premier League. So quite nice. Yeah, there's a lot of similarity between them and Manchester City in terms of uh, not the money, but uh, the stature of the club, 
that was outside of the top leagues but with such a huge fan base. Um, but it's good to have Leeds back. Um, and like I said, they've got incredibly passionate. I, I, I don't know whether you saw this. I, I tweeted about uh, how the teams that got relegated in the 3 4 season, which is Leicester, Wolves, and Leeds, have had remarkable 16 years of what a journey you've done, everything from the highest to the lowest. Uh, maybe not so much for Wolves, but like Wolves are very good side these days. So I think uh, I think for yeah. once, all three all three fans uh, who cried in two thousand four can now smile and say our teams are doing well. Well, back in two thousand three, as a Leicester fan, we were used to crying, but Leeds and Wolves <laughs> fans weren't. Yeah. So that's a big change since then. Yeah. And uh, can I just add, uh, we won the Premier League in that time as well. Yeah. Um, bigger team now. Well, the best team in the Midlands. Um, but oh, um, nice. what's your thoughts been in the first couple of weeks in, in terms of the games you caught? Um, because there were big games last... Uh, the ones that stood out for me were Tottenham losing. Um, Chelsea had a... Well, they were expected to win that, but it was a good performance. And Liverpool conceding all those goals. Yeah, I mean... Premier League being Premier League and unpredictable. So there's nothing new in the unpredictability of Premier League. Um, I expected Tottenham to lose for some reason. I'm not sure why. Uh, also, because I think Everton is a very good side. So watch out for them with all these Hamez Rodriguez and Richarlison. And I think that's a very good side. They've built there under Gaslo and Slotty. Uh, biggest takeaway I think this is going to be a very very ultra competitive season. You never know what to expect. Now you saw Manchester United lose um, on Saturday, and it's oh, they just, were really poor. Uh, yeah, they were really poor in that match as well. And you see Wolves being exciting one day, and then not so exciting, say in the League Cup. And you see this pattern as to like teams struggling to maintain that intensity. So Everton has got two, Crystal Palace have got two victories. So. I think it's going to be like super competitive. We discussed this last uh, episode as well. Where I mean, we have, I mean, I'm pretty sure that under 90 would be enough for winning the league this time around. Because you, I mean, the Merseyside derby is going to be so interesting. I don't think Everton is going to be a, a walkover for uh, Liverpool. So I, I, I'm expecting Liverpool to lose more points this season, considering. Uh, but that's it. They've gone out and made a lot of signings as well. So. It's 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 a um, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a beautiful mayhem. Yeah, and just mentioning uh, Everton, you can see why Ancelotti is rated so highly. He's had one season, and the signings he's brought in this year uh, have made, had yeah. a huge impact already, and uh, already changed the form of uh, the forward uh, Calvert Lewin. He's scoring for fun yeah. at the moment. But you can also see the change in his game. They did a really yeah. good analysis in a football show here yesterday in terms of um, the impact of uh, a good coach. Uh, but the other team that's really um, impressed me. If I, I may both. just add to, uh, if I may add to the Ancelotti point, I think I personally rate a good coach on how he improves players. So it's it's one thing to get a lot of players and. If they are, say, if I can just quantize it, if they are of level 80 and if they continue to play at level 80, I don't think you as a coach have done anything. 
it's when you elevate these players that you really become a good coach especially in like forget strategy forget everything individually have they become better players have, i mean have their understanding of the game improved and you can see that with everton players so it's not just hames or gomez or these big signings that have made an impact the other players have elevated themselves as well so i don't know pickford had a poor game but otherwise i think the entire everton squad looks ready and looks hungry so that's a that's a uh, you know great uh, testimonial to uh, carlo ancelotti's ability as a coach yeah no i totally agree with that and the other coach that's had an impact on the team that he's taken over is uh, arteta arsenal uh, it started off last season Absolutely. to start noticing the difference that he's already having and it's carried on this season and i think they've had a good start and uh, getting uh, obama young well i think that was a given they'll extend and stay there but i think arteta the reason is arteta is there yeah uh, but you also talked about um, tottenham and again i know really really good insightful um, documentary on amazon and how i don't want to call it a documentary though sorry i come from a different school of thought i want to call it a pr video well i think they conveniently <laughs> yeah i think they conveniently avoid a lot of controversial topics and it is not exactly like a sunderland till i die i mean that was more raw and you could really you know see the problems as well all or nothing I, I mean, all of their series. I mean, not just the Tottenham one. Everything that Prime has produced, I've just felt it's like a PR video to say, "Oh, what a beautiful team." And well, that's the I, difference as a, as a, a filmmaker. I'm not really a big club. They'll have influence as to on the editing and what's put out there, and so I'm comparing Sunderland with uh, uh, Tottenham in terms of who would have more say. But uh, yeah. I think it was so timely because uh, Tottenham. Didn't envisage spending all that money on that. It is the best stadium in the world. I've not been there, but I've yeah. seen um, inside documentary and what it's like, and really looking forward to mm-hmm. going there one day. And then we had the pandemic, and and they're not in the Champions League, so they need to find different ways of making money. And it got them publicity, yeah, which yeah. is the main thing. Mm-hmm. I also think the entire Jose Mourinho signing was influenced by this Amazon deal because they probably wanted a character and what bigger character than uh, Jose Mourinho himself so short sure, they must have called Levy and said you know if you can get Mourinho it's probably going to be good for the show <laughs> well that is forward thinking in terms of uh, the PR but in terms of PR what did you think of the Carafel signing i mean just been rumors for a while uh, but uh, obviously, he was at Tottenham when he made his name uh, before the move to Real. He had a couple of good seasons with Real. Then the relations um, soured, and um, you know it didn't end on a good uh, yeah. way. Uh, what do you think of the signing? Because do you think he can make a difference to that Tottenham team? I think he can. I mean, forget his golf and. Lack of interest in the last few years. If if it is Gareth Bale who's fit, oh my God, what a player! Because he is he is for me the kind of footballers that I really enjoy watching. There is no nonsense. There's no like sideways passing and tiring the opponents. This fellow gets the ball and just runs, runs at defenders. Use brutal pace, a wonderful left foot. 
So, I mean, imagine a team counter-attacking with Bale, Son and uh, Harry Kane. That is scary. If provided, like, they can, you know, get their, you know, act together. And they also got the likes of Lucas Moura and everybody else with that pace. And let's not forget, they also made a very interesting signing in uh, Regulon. So, he is going to come in and put in those crosses. He is also a runner. He is also going to keep running up and down. So, on paper, they've got a very exciting side, but it's also managed by Jose Marino. So, I wouldn't be surprised if 11 of them are defending and <laughs> hoping for a break rather than trying to, you know, dominate a football match. So, Just a couple of things. On paper, said, it seems very exciting. It's not the Gareth Bells that left Tottenham. It's a very different Gareth Bell coming yeah. back. Obviously, he's lost his pace, uh, but experience, he can't beat that. I can't see him playing week in, week out. Uh, but uh, in that top three that you mentioned, it's a scary uh, proposition. You missed out the name of Deli Ali, a young English player that has has a downturn in form, but uh, he's at the other spec in terms of age-wise to Bale. So you'd pick Bale over Deli Ali. Yeah, I'm sorry. I've never been a big fan of Deli Ali. I think it's also a lot of English hype. He's had one very good wow. season, uh, where I think. Uh, you know, Tottenham challenged your own team, I think. Was it was it that season where yeah, Tottenham yeah. challenged Leicester? I think it's that one good season, but apart from that, I think it's a lot of hype and he's not really been able to match that sort of expectation. I was surprised when I heard that Dele Alli might go to Real Madrid on loan. Yeah. I was like, what are they thinking? I mean, I mean, unless they want to play some kind of a, a, a different football. I mean, since he's got like a physique, that might help, but I'm not a huge fan. I mean, if if I were the coach, I'm going to pick Bale any day. Because also, I think, you, you're right, maybe he's not as effective from the flanks. So then you have the option of playing, say, somebody like a Lucas Moura in the, in the wide area and playing Bale behind Harry Kane. So that's also an option. So if you're going to play like a 4-2-3-1 with Bale occupying the number 10 position. Because, I mean, for all of our talk about Bale's pace and all, he's also got a footballing brain, good pass mm-hmm. on him. And so, don't underestimate his ability to, like, really be that playmaker in number 10 position as well. So, I mean, I'm very excited. Like, you can clearly see, because <laughs> there was a time when, uh, despite being a big Chelsea fan, I would pick Tottenham in FIFA sometimes just to get this guy's pace for my team. So... I am a big Bale fan, so unfortunately he's moved to Real Madrid. It didn't work out, but he did score a lot of important goals for that team. I, I thought the, I mean, it's not just him to be blamed in that saga. I think the blame is on both parties. Yeah, and it'll be uh, interesting to see how he comes back to English football because, like everybody has said, it is very different to uh, uh, La Liga. And uh, we'll see. I don't know. Look difference. at uh, look at James. He was struggling and now look at him coming and dominating and playing so well for Everton without that, without his usual pace. So he's clearly not up to the pace or not the harvest that we've seen in his early days, but he's, he's adapted and he's playing well. Yeah, I'm going to hold judgment on Hamas because he's not had, um, he's not played uh, the equivalent of a windy, rainy night at Stoke, as you mentioned last week. Um, and uh, the week in, week out, of extremely tough games in the Premier League. Yeah. So we'll see how he um, goes on right, through the right. stadium. 
Um, but uh, the other signing uh, that I wanted to uh, take your view on, and do you think this is the signing of the summer in the EPL, was um, Thiago Alcantara coming to Liverpool? In terms of value, in terms of money, in terms of where he is in the career, yes. What a what a signing for what a what a cheap rate and exactly. I mean probably what uh, Liverpool needed also in that midfield. So ticks all the columns. Personally, as a Chelsea fan, I want to say that Kai Havertz is the biggest signing of uh, the summer. <laughs> but uh, uh, but let's be honest, uh, Kai is a very young potential. I think Chelsea paid for the potential than actually being yeah. the world's best. But like Thiago is probably there in the top, you know, world eleven. Uh, in the midfield for me, he's, he's an unbelievably good footballer, capable of defending, capable of spraying those passes, versatile, got a great, I mean, imagine the ball going to Thiago and him just putting those passes to Mane and Salah and, and it's going to be inch perfect and they've got so much pace to burn in the wings, it's, it's ridiculous. So, yeah, I mean, good luck for opponents uh, yeah, I couldn't starting with Chelsea fine. on Sunday. <laughs> I mean, he's won everything in Spain. He's won everything in Germany. Um, he could have picked and, the club. And, and, the, and, and also top. imagine this. He's been part of three very good football revolutions, right? So he was part of a very good Barcelona side. He's part of a very good Bayern side. Now he's going to be part of a very good Liverpool side. I don't know a lot of footballers who would have had this in their career. But he's gone there. And like being very vital, maybe not so much for Barcelona, but like Bayern and definitely going to be a big figure in Liverpool as well. Yeah, I, I just can't believe the um, the fee. Yeah, that's got to be the. I think it's partly down to the fact that he's just got one season left. So, yeah, but incredible deal by uh, Liverpool. But the other one that went uh, slightly under the radar was them buying Diego Jota, spending a lot of mm -hmm. money on that put somebody like him on the bench yeah i mean sad for the premier league to i mean to see jota not playing every week because he's a very exciting forward again versatile just fits the build but you i mean i know why liverpool thought this was better because unlike uh, the werner deal where you have to pay all the 50 million on one go here in, with Wolves, I think they've struck a deal where they can just pay 5 or 10 million season to cover up the entire cost. So that means probably lesser risk and all that. But you would be, you would still ask the question, right? So if you can spend, say, around 45 million for Jota, why don't you spend it for Werner? And like, I, I mean, I still think Werner's pace would have been something that Klopp could have really used because he's also versatile, can play in the left, can play in the center. So perfect cover for all these three players and um, you also I mean I saw a couple of tweets the other day with a little bit of anger from Liverpool fans in terms of Firmino not scoring enough I mean he's a fascinating player but sometimes you want your striker to score that goal as well so yeah it's going to be fascinating maybe Jota is going to go and challenge Firmino so you never know yeah that's the name that's been mentioned that if he does replace somebody in that top three it will be Firmino uh, but um, either way, it's an incredible player to have on the bench. But I suppose that's the sign of a good team while you're on top by better players. Um, but, I mean, uh, surprising talking... though, like considering the coach did say that they are not that kind of a team who would go out and buy during pandemic. And so, well, but talking like, of, like... of uh, oligarchs and the money that they have spent this summer, your boys are going to be playing Liverpool this afternoon. 
and i am I, as a chelsea fan i don't remember the last time i've been so scared of facing liverpool really <laughs> usually there is a, this summer it's just too early and half of them are not fit so you still have the whole squad playing so thiago is not going to play silva is not going to play um, zh is out injured uh, so still a lot of uh, uh, changes uh, that's going to come into that squad but i know chelsea being chelsea you can always expect the unexpected there so when it's big match i expected to i usually expect the blues to turn up and you know produce something i think last year there was a lot of motivation when playing against tottenham so if lampard can use the same energy against liverpool so maybe you can get a better result but with kepa as a keeper i'm still very very scared <laughs> Yeah, he's he's a bit like Pickford. Uh, uh, there, there is a mistake in him. Um, Spanish but, uh, Pickford. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, I think um, slightly opposite here in the sense uh, it's a good time to play Liverpool at the start of the season. I mean, especially when you saw the performance last week against Leeds and um, the number of goals they were they considered, and you know the players that you've got. Uh, during the summer uh, will be up yeah. for this game hopefully they are but i don't think like i like the first day i, I don't think havertz was any way anywhere close to his you know peak fitness and let's not take away the fact that leeds were like drilled so perfectly for that match they were pressing and you know attacking i mean i don't even remember uh, trent arnold or robertson having any influence in that match unlike in chelsea you might have like an alonso playing as a left back and you could have uh, you know the likes of trent arnold are going to have like acres of space to go exploit and do their things they i thought leeds pushed their full backs like liverpool full backs to a very deep position and that really influenced the match because you know how these uh, liverpool full backs can be an attacking threat right i don't see the chelsea team doing the same ploy i am expecting chelsea to sit back maybe like even a 352 or a 343 and hopefully hit on werner space like counter attack on werner space i i think that's going to be the strategy here but that's that's a dreadful strategy to have in this chelsea squad because if you're going to hit on target is probably a goal so all the sala mane henderson all of them can strike from a distance and with kepa as a keeper playing a defensive game can be you know can be quite tricky I mean, what what really impressed me last week for Leeds was their pressing, and you can see that it upset Liverpool. Yeah, They're, you know, extremely fit team. They paid no respect. They had no respect for Liverpool. They just took it like another side, and they. I mean, for Leeds, it doesn't matter if it's Southampton or uh, Liverpool. They're going to play the same way, and they went and attacked. And Liverpool was probably stunned the fact that a team were taking the attack to them. I wish more teams do that, but I don't know how many teams are capable of doing that. Yeah, I think it's the fitness that uh, was key to that. Uh, Bielsa really had those boys um, um, running throughout the summer. I think on their fitness yeah. levels, and because <laughs> yeah. that's the key. And also going to the same barber. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's got a ponytail. Uh, but uh, in terms of uh, your club, you, you, you didn't play your biggest signing last week, and that surprised me. Do you think he'll play today? I mean, oh, if that's the biggest sign. I was a little confused. Why right? Harvard did play? Uh, I don't think. I think uh, Lampard said that he's not ready for this match as well. So 
probably from the next match. Um, uh, yeah, so that means a big problem as to who is going to play in that left back position because Alonso is very slow. I imagine playing against Salah. Maybe Aspili Quetta will come back, but it's not like Aspili. Aspi is any you know faster, probably a little bit more faster, but nowhere close to Salah's speed. So it's it's a little bit it's a little worrying. Uh, only speedy defender. I mean, we have Zuma and uh, Rudiger who are quite fast, but. They are too deep. So yeah. if you can't Salah, stop Salah before he starts running, then we are in trouble. So. Yeah, but I'm really looking honestly. To... I'm expecting Chelsea to lose. It's it sucks to say that, but I'm expecting Chelsea to lose. Really, you're sounding like a Leicester fan. I oh, might be. Cool. Where is that jersey? I'm just like, <laughs> I need to pick up my jersey. Uh, but uh, no, I'm really looking forward to it. It kicks off at four o'clock today uh, here in the UK. But the biggest game, obviously, is at, at uh, 7 p.m. England time. And it's so mm -hmm. big that they've made it free for everybody. It's going to be on the um, BBC and Leicester playing mm -hmm. Burnley. And um, today, just for biggest the fans in India, we've signed... Um, Genghis Under, I think, how, how you pronounce his name. Well, we've signed him for a season loan. So, uh, but after I impress him, a lot of excitement, a lot of puns. Sorry? I mean, that's going to open up a lot of puns. <laughs> yeah, probably from the opposition. We're very loyal and uh, friends. So, um, yeah, but I, I saw some Undertaker. Sorry, Nevin, you were saying. Sorry. No, I saw some uh, Undertaker hashtags. So, Undertaken was the uh, hashtag that Lester used. And yeah, yeah. In the sense that he was taken. That. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> we, take, we, we, we read that sort of stuff differently to the other uh, uh, fans. Rivals, yeah, sure. But uh, no, it's been a brilliant start uh, to the season. And um, it's been a brilliant start to our new season of the podcast and live streaming. Um, we are going to get better at live streaming, just like our podcasts. It took us a while to get to um, a good standard, but we are working over there. So I ask all our loyal supporters and listeners and viewers now to bear with us. And we'll keep on making the changes to improve what we do. But the thing we won't change because we can't buy anybody better than him, and that's Nevin. Some things can't be improved. I need this podcast simply for my ego boost every Sunday because I want to hear pirates say that I'm very good, so that I just go back to believing. Oh, I might actually be good. This is no. like my daily. I mean, my weekly dose of motivation. <laughs> Well, you know, you mentioned that some players with coaching can improve, but uh, when it comes to journalism and uh, what you share with us and the knowledge you bring, uh, it can't be improved. So all I, I think I speak as a fan here more than anything else. I think we're just two football fans, just excited to talk about football. And I think that is what makes us so special as well. Absolutely, absolutely. But again, um, hours flown by, we've covered a lot of topics, both back home and in Europe. So it's been really, really good. But um, I look forward to doing this again next week. Yeah, looking forward. Take care. Stay safe. Bye.